0: Even with the NFL preseason dropping to two games, there are still camp battles and preseason roster battles to look forward to, but first, Randy Moss has some concerns about Tom Brady joining the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You are
1: Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to today's episode of Locked on Bucks podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Thank you for joining me. I, of course, am David Harrison, writer over at BucksNation.com, and one half of the normal hosting duo, Mike. My- Co-host James Yarko is off for today's episode. You can find me on Twitter at dharrison82. Find James at bucks. Find everything that he and I are writing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at bucksnation.com. And on Twitter at bucks__nation. Of course, find the show at Locked On Bucks, your lead Tampa Bay Buccaneers story today is Randy Moss, former NFL wide receiver, great wide receiver, and former teammate of New Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady, had some interesting things to say and was concerned a little bit talking with Mike Greenberg of ESPN's Get Up about what might what the future might hold for Tom Brady and his new team.
1: Let me quickly ask you about Brady. I haven't had a chance to talk to you since that happened. You obviously played with Tom. You hit it up monster numbers. What do you expect from him in Tampa? Well, well, the thing that I think that my biggest concern for Tom, you know, you've seen what he has as far as his weapons. I'm not concerned about the running uh, the running game. I'm concerned about Tom's protection. You know, they were unable to protect Jameis Winston for so long, and if you look at. The, the the if you compare quarterbacks, you know Jameis and Tom are are, are are not mobile quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So if they couldn't protect Jameis, how are they going to protect Tom Brady? So I think that's my biggest concern for me going into to, to the season with the Tampa Bay Bucks. They have a lot of a lot of upside. They got some guys on defense, guys in defense. But I think for me, just looking at that offense as far as the passing game, Gronk having a year off how would the chemistry between Tom Brady and Gronkowski look? Because if they can, they can start out hot, man, it's going to be some great things coming out of Tampa.
0: So final thought, Randy, which team do you think is closer right now? If, if you're looking to win a championship, do you think Brady and the Bucks or Cam and the Patriots are closer?
1: Well, if you're talking about the AFC, there's, you got Jackson and Mahomes to compete with. But mm-hmm. I think for Brady and the NFC, the NFC is a little bit more wide open than the AFC. So I'd have to go with Tom Brady and, uh, and, and the Bucs just because the NFC is a little bit more wide open than the AFC.
0: Again, that was former NFL wide receiver Randy Moss and former teammate of Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady joining Mike Greenberg on ESPN's Get Up to share some concerns about what might happen with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense, and I think that he kind of echoes a lot of things that a lot of people have been worried about since the rumors first started that Tom Brady could land in Florida, and that, of course, starts first and foremost with sacks. Jameis Winston last year was sacked 47 times as a starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which put the team... 11th worst in the National Football League for protecting the quarterback. But surprisingly enough, and it might not surprise all Buccaneers fans who paid attention to the NFC South rather closely, the Buccaneers actually gave up the second fewest amount of sacks to their quarterback in the 2019 NFL season. The Atlanta Falcons giving up 50 sacks and the Carolina Panthers giving up 58 each more than the Buccaneers own 47. However, it's still a concern, especially given the fact that Tom Brady is not nearly as mobile As Jameis Winston is Jameis Winston, perhaps with some sneaky athleticism, not really known as a running quarterback or as a guy who can get out of the pocket and make things happen on a consistent basis. But I think everybody who's watched Jameis Winston during his NFL career knows that he is better suited getting away from pressure than a guy like Tom Brady is going to be a guy who has never actually had to make money off of his athleticism instead of instead using his mind. And using his arm and using his intelligence, his football intelligence, to get the job done. Whereas guys like Jameis Winston will buy some time, making some of those amazing plays the Buccaneers fans have witnessed during his young career. Of course, now Jameis with the New Orleans Saints, trying to revitalize his career, potentially earn another starting job somewhere in the future. As he can, as he spends 2020 backing up Drew Brees and learning from Drew and head coach Sean Payton. Now, also while on get up, Randy talked to Mike Greenberg about Cam Newton joining the New England Patriots. And there at the end, you hear Mike asking Randy who he thinks has the better opportunity to win a Super Bowl in the 2020 season, whether it's Cam Newton and the Carolina, or the New England Patriots, sorry, or if it's Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Randy said simply, um, based off of the competition levels in both conferences that he feels like Tom Brady and the Buccaneers are better equipped uh, to bank a Super Bowl run this year. I would have to agree with Randy, but I, I wouldn't necessarily stay on the fence of just there's less competition in the NFC. I feel like there's just as much competition at the top of the NFC with teams like the New Orleans Saints, of course, in the division. Then you have guys like Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, always a threat. The Minnesota Vikings still look good on paper, and there are some other contenders that. The San Francisco 49ers definitely have a championship defense. If they can get the offense humming a little bit better, they're obviously a threat. So I think competition is not necessarily easier in the NFC, although I do see where Randy is coming from. But I still look at the roster completely and look at the weapons that Tom Brady is going to have in 2020 and feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just have a better chance than Cam Newton and the New England Patriots do at this stage in the game. But before we get to that stage, of course, the regular season has to happen. And before we get a regular season, we have to get a preseason. The NFL dropping some news about the preseason earlier this week as well. But before we dive deeper into that, we've got to show some love to our title sponsor, rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions like is your Odyssey an LX or an EX and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket and RockAuto.com does things that chain stores don't. For example, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do, and is for everybody, does not require membership or an account login to use. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Back here on the Locked On Bucks podcast to wrap up your week. And we left that first segment talking about the reduction in the 2020 NFL preseason so that's what we're going to open up this segment talking about. Gil Arcia, our fearless leader and site manager over at BucksNation.com, wrote up a post for BucksNation.com talking about the news. Uh, according to Pro Football Talk, the preseason games in week one and week four have been removed from the schedule, citing in a Pro Football Talk article, quote, the move was driven by two primary factors. First, teams who will be playing preseason games on the road won't want to move that many people. Second, given that no teams had on-field practice sessions in the offseason, coaches would rather have the extra time to work with their teams, and that will happen if they don't have to worry about two extra preseason games. End quote. However, Gill also makes time to mention that it may not be over just yet. Again, citing Pro Football Talk, the NFL and the NFLPA may not be done reducing the size of the 2020 preseason. This, according to Curtis Crabtree of Pro Football Talk, who writes, quote, As the NFL looks to trim the preseason in half, the NFLPA appears to want the number of preseason games to be cut even further. Denver Broncos player representative Brandon McManus said in a tweet Wednesday evening to expect either one or zero preseason games to be played. The NFLPA has not signed off on the reduction in games from four to two as of yet, and McManus's statements indicates a desire for even fewer preseason games to be played, end quote. Now, on the surface, a reduction in the 2020 NFL preseason does make sense. With the coronavirus still going on and with some states, uh, especially Florida, having upticks and rises in cases on an almost daily basis right now, teams are not going to want to take the risk and spare the expense of potentially taking their players to other states, other stadiums to play against other teams for what are considered, quote unquote, meaningless games at the risk of getting one of their players not only injured, but also potentially sick. You know, you imagine a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if they were to have to make, you know, Tom Brady travel out of state or even to another location in Florida, and he comes down with coronavirus and gets sick enough, it could significantly hinder significantly hinder his ability to quarterback the team. Obviously, his health being first and foremost, but from a franchise standpoint, making business decisions decisions like this, the more they protect their key players and their key assets, the better off they're all going to be. Uh, now, the, the the idea of dropping it even further down to one game or even zero games does make sense from a certain player standpoint. However, the underlying effect of all of this, of course, even the preseason being cut in half only, is that some of these roster bubble players that people talk about year in, year out, are not going to have as many opportunities to show what they can do on a field to play against a live opponent. And that, of course, is going to hinder the career development of some of these guys. And when you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you think back to players like Cam Brate, players like Adam Humphreys who had those preseason opportunities, those training camp chances to come in and kind of show the coaches and their teammates what they could do and ended up earning themselves major contributing roles. Adam Humphreys leaving last year as a free agent to be a starting wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Cam Brate, of course, rising up the ranks in his NFL career now seems to be saddled in that third tight end spot with OJ Howard still on the roster and Rob Gronkowski entering in. But, When you look at opportunities like that for those types of players, losing those chances in 2020 certainly will help those back end roster players as they struggle even further to try to make rosters with reduced opportunities to do so. However, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of uniquely find themselves in a position where a reduced preseason doesn't necessarily hurt them on the front end, even if it is going to hurt some of those players on the back end across the league. And to talk about this, I'm going to reference Shield Capadia's piece on the athletic or at the athletic. Uh, ten things a football nerd's guide to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2020 season if you haven't read it, I highly suggest it. it's very in-depth, very smart uh stuff very unbiased very across the board um there's there's definitely no leaning one way or the other here in this piece as he as he looks into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers entering 2020. And specifically for this content, for this topic, I look at the the, uh, the projected starters, both on offense and defense, and you look at what he has, wide receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, returning players, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, Donovan Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Alex Kappa, all returning players. Tight end O.J. Howard is a second tight end. Another returning player, running back Ronald Jones, returning player. The only new starters that the Buccaneers offense have are veterans in Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, future Hall of Famers who have been through the rodeo a couple times should not be impacted by missing or having a portion of the preseason cut. And then you have rookie Tristan Wirfs, and that's really where the wild card is going to lie for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense with this reduced preseason. And if there is a reduced training camp or even a canceled preseason, that's really where this is all going to lie. However, like the Pro Football Talk article talked about, uh, the coaches having the opportunity, they're not having to worry about these week one and week four games. So that actually gives them more practice time, more film time, more time to work one-on-one with the player and not have to necessarily worry about while we're trying to work on your raw skills and your raw abilities, getting you also ready to face an opponent gives them more time to kind of work on the shell of the player and to kind of mold that player in the way that they need them. Of course, going back to when Tristan Worst was drafted out of Iowa in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jason Light and Bruce Arians, both referenced the fact that Tristan Worst comes from a pro style offense. He comes from a team in the Iowa Hawkeyes that do a lot of thing blocking wise, similar to what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do. And that should help his learning curve. So, uh tristan a guy that has been lauded and applauded for his work ethic and his determination to get better year in and year out during his collegiate career no doubt that he's probably doing so uh as we speak even trying to get ready for his nfl career so the time that the coaches will have for him with the reduction those preseason games should help kind of shorten that learning curve just a little bit and make sure that he's ready for the 2020 regular season when it kicks off Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, you've got listed Shaquille Barrett, and Sue, Vita Vea, Jason Pierre-Paul, Levante David, Devin White, Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy Bunting, and Jordan Whitehead, all expected starters in this Bucks roster look, all returning players. And then you've got Antoine Winfield Jr., the rookie, uh, expected to plug in there at free safety. But even if he's not ready again, due to that kind of shortened preseason, even if he needs a little bit more experience before he's ready to step into that full-time free safety role, You have Andrew Adams, and you have Mike Edwards both returning, both who did fairly well, very serviceable players. And then, of course, you got a guy like Dakota Dixon out of Wisconsin coming back from that season-ending shoulder surgery that he had last year in the preseason. A lot of people were high on him. The coaches were very excited about what he might be able to do on the field before he suffered that injury. He'll be coming back. And then, of course, Justin Evans, who continues to be a question mark, continues to be a guy that everybody kind of holds their breath, hoping to see that he can get back on the field, hoping to see that he can pick up where he left off before all these injury problems. Uh, Reared their ugly head and kind of derailed what looked like a very promising career. So either way, the Buccaneers should be okay at free safety. And then having those defensive players diving a little bit deeper into this 2020 Buccaneers guide. Kapadia obviously talks about the Buccaneers having the top-ranked run defense in the NFL last year, returning every single member of that run defense for 2020 is going to be huge, especially for a guy like Todd Bowles. The more comfortable he is with his guys, the more comfortable his guys are with his scheme, the more chances he's going to take, the more aggressive he's going to get. It should be really fun to watch in 2020 moving forward. But then he also talks about, Capadia does, also talks about the the, the secondary. On his eighth point in the 10 things that you need to know about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he writes, quote, while it's risky to try to draw conclusions based on small samples, the numbers back up the idea that the Bucs' pass defense improved as the season went on. Per True Media, Tampa Bay ranks 25th in EPA per dropback in its first eight games and third in EPA per dropback in its final eight games. That might end up being meaningless when we look at as we look ahead, but it's at least encouraging for a team that was adjusting to a new player play, play caller and has a young secondary. Overall, the Bucs settled in at 12th against the past, End quote. And I couldn't agree more. That back half of the 2019 season, where we saw that secondary, we saw that defense take leaps and bounds and just make stride after stride getting better and better better under defense coordinator Todd Bowles. I feel like it does matter. Obviously, it's not going to directly correlate to what happens in 2020, but it gives that unit some confidence. It gives that coaching staff some confidence in the players they have. And then again, if Antoine Winfield Jr. comes in and improves that free safety position, then it only gets better. If he doesn't improve it, you've at least got the same guys who played it, Andrew Adams, more often than Mike Edwards. But still, you've got the guys who were in the system last year. They're going to be able to help Antoine Winfield Jr. get up to speed understand the languages, understand the reads, understand when he should drop back, when he should be aggressive, so on and so forth. So as long as one of those two things works out, either the same guys who were there last year as a free safety can come in and at least maintain that performance, if not get better, or if Antoine Winfield Jr. can come in and be an improvement, all the expectations of the Buccaneers secondary and defense in in general to get better are realistic, even if you can't necessarily take them to the bank at this point. For our final segment here on our final episode for the week, guys, we're sticking with The Athletic, but we're going to change gears over to Greg Allman. You guys know and love him from his time with the Tampa Bay Times, now over there with The Athletic doing great stuff as always. Uh, Greg Allman, uh, just give him a shout out real quick. Greg, absolutely dropping bombs on uh, late Wednesday, early Thursday on Twitter as always. Uh, Love when Greg Allman is dropping a lot of knowledge and a lot of statistic-based knowledge usually. But always, he always finds a way to kind of tie it back into reality as well, not just living off of the numbers, so to speak. But Greg Almond towards the end of June, wrote uh, his 10 roster battles looming ahead in Bucks training camp. And while that article has been up for a little over a week, it is still a good one. If you haven't read it, I highly suggest you do so. Guys, if you're not subscribing to The Athletic, I know they're not a sponsor. And no, I don't get a cut. Greg's not going to give me any favors for for doing this. But if you guys aren't on The Athletic reading some of the things that these guys are churning out, especially guys like Greg Almond and uh, – and the, and the roster or the the team previews that I was just referencing in the, in the last segment, you guys are really missing out. So if you can afford to do so, I highly recommend you go get yourself a subscription to the Athletic. Uh, it's it's great content. However, for this one, right? So so we're talking about the Bucks preview uh, for the 2020 NFL season. Of course, there's a lot of good good things to project. A lot of returning starters that's going to help them in this COVID nineteen uh, year of of affliction. You know that's that's impacting the 2020 NFL season. And those are all great things, but there are still some things that need to be figured out. And that's kind of what Greg dove into in his roster uh, training, his 10 roster battles looming ahead for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And I want to stick with the secondary because, wow, we know who the starters are, right? You know, Jamel Dean, Carl and Davis, Sean Murphy, Bunting, those three are going to be your three primary cornerbacks. We know that, you know, Jordan Whitehead is going to come back to be that, that traditional strong safety. And then you've got Uh, Guys like Andrew Adams, Mike Edwards, Antoine Winfield Jr. competing to be that free safety. Dakota Dixon expected to potentially be that fifth guy. Uh, In the cornerback group, though, the the competing the guys competing for the fifth cornerback spot, uh, Greg cites that Ryan Smith expected to return. He did return to the Buccaneers, so you expect him to continue his special team's dominance there. will be kind of that fourth cornerback on the roster, probably not the fourth guy on the field, but still he'll be holding that fourth spot. So giving that fifth spot, you're looking at guys like MJ Stewart, Mazzy Wilkins, Parnell Motley, and what Greg writes, quote, time is running out for Stewart to show what he can do. He was a second-round pick in 2018, picked ahead of Davis but has been moved from nickel to safety and back falling far enough that he was a healthy scratch in December, not even worthy of dressing for his special teams value that the Bucks didn't sign or draft a corner speaks. Well, that they haven't given up on Stewart. And there's some young potential in potential in Wilkins who impressed as an undrafted rookie from USF and Motley who wasn't drafted in April, but held his own against some top college corners while with the Sooners. Greg on writes that his best guess is MJ Stewart End quote, To be that fifth cornerback, and uh, I absolutely disagree completely with – I agree with everything that Greg said, and the fact that they didn't go after a cornerback definitely does speak a little bit to the confidence in the cornerback room. I don't know, guys. Um, And, and again, this is Greg Moore kind of pointing to what the team is doing uh, as as a symbol of of possible futures, and, and I completely get where he's coming from. I cannot experience. I cannot imagine a world where MJ Stewart stays on this roster as a fifth cornerback. I just, you know, outside of injuries and all that stuff. Obviously, knock on wood. Um, Mazzy Wilkins, to me, he's got much more upside than MJ Stewart does. I think he proved that just as an undrafted rookie last year. Uh, Parnell Motley is a guy that a lot of people were surprised even went undrafted out of Oklahoma. Obviously, there's a reason for it, but if he can come in to the NFL camp, put in the work, put in the effort, and maybe get better physically on the field, then I think he has an opportunity to also take that spot. At the end of the day, I had to put the smart money on Wilkins to get that fifth spot over MJ Stewart and even Parnell Motley uh again the time like like greg pointed out being a healthy strat, scratch in december on a team that is struggling granted the defense was doing better but still you're talking about a team that's out of the playoffs looking towards the future so for your coaching staff to scratch you as a healthy player not even want to give a look at you in december towards the end of the season uh to me that speaks volumes and it speaks towards mj stewart not being a part of the future of the tampa bay buccaneers now, before we get out of here for the week and for this episode, I do want to shift gears back to the offensive side of the ball and back to one of those positions that actually has a returning starter. However, I don't think it's going to be necessarily the, the heavy workload for a guy like Ronald Jones, as we all expect it to be. Ronald Jones, Keyshawn Vaughn, Dara Bwally, kind of expected to be the one, two, and three in the running back rooms. Greg speculates that Raymond Calais and TJ Logan are battling out for that fourth running back position, writing, quote, Ronald Jones and rookie Keyshawn Vaughn should be the top two running backs. And has was the special team's captain in addition to catching 35 passes last year. So those three seem like locks entering training camp. Kalei was the seventh-round pick out of Louisiana. And Logan had settled in with both the kickoff and punt return jobs last year before breaking his thumb and missing the final month of the season. End quote. So basically, the final the final roster spot at running back should come down to either Raymond Kalei or TJ Logan. I completely agree. Greg does go on to the end is to predict, to make his projection that Raymond Calais ends up beating out TJ Logan. You guys have already heard me on this show talk about that as well. And I've also projected Raymond Calais to beat out TJ Logan. TJ Logan probably be probably being the odd man out. However, this whole thing tied back to Ladany well, and Tomlinson, Hall of Fame running back, recently on NFL Network, talked about the Buccaneers' running back group as a perhaps underrated or or under-discussed, lesser-discussed uh, position group on the roster during NFL Network's look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers roster. So I wanted to share that with you guys as well.
1: It's so LT, it's look, right. nobody's talking about backfield here. It's all Brady and Gronk and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. How sneaky good can the Bucs backfield be?
0: Well, that can be pretty good. I think that can be very complimentary to the passing offense. And I know everybody's excited about the passing offense, and I am too. But I'm a running back. And so I think a guy like Ronald Jones II, who is coming off his best best years as, as a pro so far, could have easily had over 1,000 yards. He only averaged 11 carries a game. I believe they're going to run the football. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn uh, out of Vanderbilt in the third round so that they can add to what they already have in Ronald Jones. And Keyshawn Vaughn, guys, he reminds me of Kevin Falk, a guy
1: that can really come out the backfield. He's very explosive, had a lot of big plays at Vanderbilt throughout his career. So I think he's gonna add another dimension to that backfield
0: and they're gonna complement each other very well.
1: Yeah, running back Daria Agumbawale said that Tom Brady is running these workouts like a practice. So those running backs, they're getting some work in.
0: So some pretty high praise from LaDainian Thomas in there for running backs, Ronald Jones and Keyshawn Vaughn. And guys, if if you've been paying attention during the offseason, you already know Bruce Arians kind of went on record and said that 12 personnel is going to be this team's base package in 2020. It was not their quote-unquote base package, not the formation they ran the most amount of plays out of. Uh, memory serves me correct 60 percent of the time the Buccaneers came out in 11 personnel but looking to get back to more 12 personnel formations as their base style of offense and the addition of Rob Gronkowski is going to help that I think that it's also going to help the Buccaneers running game get off the ground a little bit better the Buccaneers last year did not run very well out of 12 personnel at all and I think a lot of that is going to be improved this year because OJ Howard being that kind of hybrid he's a good blocker but he's also a really effective receiver Rob Gronkowski is also a very good blocker. Again, a lot of people are concerned about what he's going to be able to do after having taken that year off. I'm kind of on the side of the conversation. I feel like taking that year off is going to be better for Rodman. I think he's going to come back a better Gronk because of it. If that's accurate, then when you have 12 personnel out there for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're going to have Rob Gronkowski and O.J. Howard, guys, guys who can block and open up lanes for their running backs. Ronald Jones had a very solid broken tackles rate last year. Uh, in the 2019 season just didn't get a whole lot of work for one Peyton Barber started off the season as the primary back and then even as the Buccaneers went to Ronald Jones again those turnover problems falling behind late in games or early in games rather uh caused the team to kind of get a little bit one-dimensional get more pass happy than obviously I think they wanted to I know that a lot of you Bucs fans wanted them you know we wanted them to focus more on the run than they they were able to that being said if they can focus on that 12 personnel, get those two tight ends, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, out there and keep them healthy, keep them involved in that run game. Defenses are going to have to respect the fact that both those guys can run routes and they can block, and it should help guys like Ronald Jones and it should help Keyshawn Vaughn find some space, get loose, and make good things happen for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, as we get closer to potential training camp, the, the preseason, and everything, we'll keep looking, keeping an eye out for those updates. We'll keep talking to you guys about these roster battles and everything else what do you guys let us know what you guys think of these roster battles let us know what you guys think about the NFL cutting the preseason half and the prospect that it may be cut even further down to one game or even no preseason games and just let the teams focus completely on practice how do you guys feel about that let us know. Of course, you can find me on Twitter at Dharrison82. You can find James at J underscore Bucks. Find the website at Bucks underscore nation on Twitter. And then of course find the show at Locked On Bucks. Guys, we'll be back again next week with more Buccaneers conversation, analysis, and insight. Until then, have a great weekend. Please be safe. Please be kind to one another. And thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks.